0: I'm Matthew Mazingo, and this room sounds great. There wasn't a whole lot of sadness to write about. It was, you know, more like we're outside playing. That, that, that was the vibe of the album. In ninth grade, I flipped a kayak in the Shenandoah River and and uh, my phone was lost forever
1: podcast land. This is Reese Williams. Thank you so much for tuning into This Room Sounds Great. Today we have the pleasure of speaking to Matthew Mozingo. Well, I'll let you introduce yourself. You can tell us what your genre is, what you play, what you do, and why you're here.
0: Hi, my name is Matthew Mozingo. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter from Harrisonburg, Virginia. I I play a lot of acoustic music, as well as R&B, pop, and those kind of things, and I've gotten more into the Electronic sounds. Once I've been working with my producer Taylor,
1: so every genre.
0: So a lot of different genres, yeah. Um, my recent album has quite a few different sounds and vibes to it that that are kind of contrasting to each other, but it makes for a nice final project. And you play. I play the guitar and I sing. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: <laughs> so, what are you working on? What will you be promoting when you're on Shaco? What has life been like for you in the last year? What were you doing right before the world stopped?
0: Right before the world stopped, I was finishing up the first single from the record with Taylor. He actually featured on the track. It's called Luna, and it released like this weekend of last year, which is pretty cool. And we've been working on the record for about a year and a half. Yeah, it's it's been kind of uh, kind of weird, you know, with <laughs> everything, obviously. But it's been cool. We we were still able to work together for the last year and get the final product out and the release date was a little bit later than expected obviously because there were some setbacks and things and a studio that we were working at previously in harrisonburg unfortunately had a little accident and blew up on us
1: i heard about that yeah Yeah, Yeah.
0: that was was insane
1: who was he playing with when he told us about that uh what's the other band that he's in is uh, Isn't Taylor in another band? Oh, uh, Wine and Warpaint. Yes, thank right, you. Right. Okay, it'll all click. Yes, and they mentioned that that happened with the studio. Yeah,
0: it was crazy. Uh, I was in bed at 8 a.m. and then thought there was an earthquake, and it was the studio, and I could not believe it. How
1: far away were you from it?
0: About probably eight miles or so, <gasps> something like that. It was pretty big. It was, it was a big explosion. Now,
1: I didn't know it was that big.
0: Yeah, one of my dad's houses the siding came off, like a couple pieces of the siding came off the side from the shock and everything. It was very sad. It was a very sad day. Oh, my and gosh. We and we had finished basically all tracking for the record, and I had one more day booked to finish some guitar stuff, and it was like the next Thursday after it had happened. So neither of us knew what we were going to do, and we came here because mm-hmm. we had worked here with Matthew for a little bit, and this turned out to be the birthplace of the record. We finished mixing, mastering, and doing some more tracking stuff here, which was great. And Taylor got his own room.
1: Right. So that right. was
0: just a, a super blessing to be able to have this. We didn't know what we were going to do. So Wow.
1: Yeah. You write your music. So tell me about your writing style. Do you draw from experience? Do you, you know, talk about what you'd like to happen?
0: Um, I definitely draw from experience, as a lot of artists do. And... I think about the different experiences that I have in life, different relationships, different feelings that I have, what I want for the world, what I want for myself. And a lot of those things come from being in my places of comfort. And I have a lot of lyrics about the ocean and Mm. the beach and nature and stuff like that. And I really dig into that sometimes, especially when I'm writing outside. I get a lot of inspiration, songwriting inspiration from Jack Johnson. He's a big—even mm-hmm. though some of my music may not sound like him, it's, it's more the idea of being one with your surroundings and stuff like that, and I like to capture that, or at least try to. And a lot of relationship experience and previous relationships I've been in and a lot of these songs from the record are from past relationships that aren't necessarily even a twinkle in my mind anymore, but the, but the ideas behind the songs kind of represent that. Mm-hmm. And then as the album was released— it was kind of a release for me as well, personally. So that Right
1: was pretty, yeah. on. You mentioned the beach. Where do you like to go when you go to the beach?
0: So every year, me and my family go down to the Chesapeake Bay. One of our family friends has like a house there and there's a private beach and all that. Mm. And so I've written so many songs out there on the dock at the bay. And I try to go on a beach trip every year with my friends. Last year didn't work out because of COVID oh, and yeah. all that, obviously. But It's definitely my happy place, for
1: sure. (laughs) You mentioned sometimes you write about what you want for yourself. You are a younger artist, so what is going to define success for you? What do you want to happen in your career? Will music be the only thing, or is it just a hobby?
0: Well, there's a lot of things that define me and my goals and stuff like that. And music is not necessarily the only thing that I have dreams and ambitions for, but it's definitely the main focus. Like, I'm in school right now at James Madison University, and I'm studying to be a middle school teacher. And I'm passionate about that, and I'm passionate about the work that I do there. But music is just something completely... It just blows everything else out of the water. And if I could just do music, I would. And that's the goal. I'm trying to get to where I can do this for real and, and 100% of my effort can go into it.
1: If you know. you're doing it, you're doing it for real. Right. Well, <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, you know what I mean. I am
0: doing it for real. It's uh, It's just you know, the contemplation area of like, should I be putting two hours into writing the song? Should I be putting two hours into my homework or like work or stuff like that? And it's hard to balance all of that. And sometimes I find myself going to bed and I'm like, man, I didn't do anything today that will help my music. And that's what is most important to me. So sometimes it's about reevaluating your priorities and stuff like that.
1: And being gentle with and yourself. And being gentle, yeah. 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 But I know, what you mean. I know exactly what you yeah. mean. As long as you've planted one seed that day, you're right. just like, okay, that's all the time I had, but I spent time doing it. Right.
0: And it's good to be patient with that kind of stuff too, because mm. not everything is going to work out the way you think it will.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Now, have you played in other bands? What has been your music history until now?
0: So I started learning how to play the guitar when I was nine, and I sang in church a little bit when I was little. And in fifth grade, me and my elementary school buddies formed a band. We were called Rainy Days. And, you know, we played little venues and private parties and stuff for Was our, it sad for music
1: friends. since it was called Rainy Days? Well, or? we
0: had—it's weird. We had a song called Rainy Days. Even though the band was called Rainy Days, you know, we're fifth graders. So we always wrote a song off of what our band name was. But it was actually an upbeat song. Everything we played was upbeat because that's all we could think of. And we were very inspired by the Beatles.
1: Let's hope at 10, you hadn't gotten too sad at that point. No, yeah, I, let's no, hope it was there upbeat. It wasn't a
0: whole lot of sadness to write about. It was, you know, we're like, we're outside playing. That, <laughs> that, that was the vibe of the album. But, but yeah, so I did that and just messed around with everything. And I wasn't quite as passionate about it until about my junior year of high school. I was a avid basketball player for a long time and that was my main focus and I decided to stop playing basketball my junior year and uh really dove in and started writing my own songs I was very inspired by Jack Johnson obviously like I mentioned before Ed Sheeran was a big mm. inspiration for me and I got into Justin Bieber when I was about a junior and that's really what made me want to start writing my own songs and so I dove in and I'm made my first EP in 2016. Then I met Taylor in 2017, and we made an album together at Blue Sprocket in Harrisonburg, an acoustic album. made an EP the year after, and here we are in 2021. My record Yesterday's out, and it's the the highlight of my work so far, and I'm very proud of it. And uh, me And me and Taylor worked very hard. But here we are, and I'm Very optimistic about the future as well.
1: That is a great thing to be able to say. Well, let's take a little listen. This is On the Loose. This is available on Spotify. Is groovy! Thank you. It's a little saucy, but it's groovy. A little saucy, (laughs) a little saucy.
0: Had to get saucy.
1: (laughs) Now, is this your first and only guitar you've ever had? Have you had multiple?
0: I had multiple. I actually had somewhat of an obsession
1: Mm -hmm. for a couple
0: years. I haven't bought any new guitars in a while. I told myself that I just need to pay for studio time and that sort of thing instead. (laughs) But I got this in Nashville, my Taylor guitar, when I was a senior in high school. And uh, I took a trip with my dad, and we got... You know, my Taylor, and that's what I play at all my shows now, and that's what a lot of the acoustic guitars on the record is played off of. But I have a plethora of guitars. I have a few electrics. I still have my first acoustic ever. It was an Ibanez children's uh, Ibanez guitar, and that's what I started on. But, yeah, and then I got, like, a Keith Urban, like, signature acoustic guitar. I have a Les Paul um, oh, nice. Yeah, a few others, but that's my favorite for sure. It's, and I, I prefer playing acoustic over electric. Um, that's just always been more my vibe, and the Taylor is incredible. So that's
1: your baby, that's huh? That's my baby, yeah. <laughs> now, what do you do for fun when you're not playing music and, and working on schoolwork? Uh, How do you keep your life interesting?
0: I really like hanging out with my friends. That's been a little bit of a challenge as of the past year, but the ones that are safe and everything I, I really like hanging out with my friends and i, I like to play basketball mm-hmm. it's my favorite sport for sure like i said before that was my life for a long time and then i started to go in, more into music but my love for the game is still there today and i, I really like doing that
1: did you watch the last dance on netflix
0: i did Wasn't it i great? sure did it was incredible that was a great yeah, series <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and i just love spending time outside and like the beach i said before and taking walks and Reflecting and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I try to spread out my activities as much as I can and, you know, change things up.
1: You and your friends goofy?
0: Definitely goofy.
1: What, uh, you guys like to pull pranks on each other? Anybody pull a good prank on somebody?
0: Well, I don't know if there, there was ever an intentional prank as far as, like, planning it out pre. But there's a lot of, like, just yesterday I was in the bathroom at my house and my roommate was... Coming in the door, and he thought that I was downstairs and I was hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> and so I knew that he was going to come in and probably use the bathroom. So I stayed in there for a couple minutes. He opened the door and he was looking down at his phone like this. And as soon as he looked up, my face was just right here. <laughs> he lost it, he fell on the floor. Jump scares right. are, are, are one of my favorite things.
1: Right. How many people do you live with?
0: Two others. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Do you do the uh, pictures of ice water in the shower? Have you gotten that I actually
0: far? I haven't done that. Oh, that's a fun one. That, yeah.
1: That's I have a- <laughs> not thought of that yet.
0: I might do that. gets that a good soon. scream.
1: Have, have a recorder ready. It right. gets a good scream. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely need to do that. What is the music scene in Harrisonburg like? And do you have to come to Richmond often or is there a thriving scene out there?
0: Yeah, I mean, Harrisonburg obviously isn't quite where Richmond is as far as the music scene goes. But the Golden Pony is a great venue that a lot of artists have played at in Harrisonburg. That's probably one of my favorite venues. I actually haven't played there yet. I planned on having a show there this past summer. But obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> the music scene is great when there's no COVID. But I lost a lot of gig opportunities this past year you know, because of the virus. But things are starting to open back up again. And I've been playing at like vineyards and stuff where, oh, it's, yeah. where it's safe to yeah. stay six feet and outside and that kind of thing. And the spring's coming. That's probably the, the best avenue as of right now rather than, you know, playing basement shows and stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of sketchy right now. But I've enjoyed the Harrisonburg music scene, and I've met a lot of cool people through JMU, through social media and stuff like that, like my boy Ryan Clark, who's featured on my song Oxygen. He actually DJed my grad party, and then I met him through that, and we make music together. So there's a lot of, a lot of great artists in Harrisonburg that haven't got the recognition that they deserve.
1: So when things open back up in Harrisonburg, I mean, are you maintaining connections with everybody? Do you think all of the venue owners are going to remember everybody? How do you think the music scene is going to change once it opens back up?
0: That's a tough one. It's hard to tell, but I think that people are so excited to get back at it, and people are so excited to play their music again, be around fans, and have their merch tables out. I think everybody is so excited, (laughs) and it might be weird at first, but I think that everybody's too excited for it to not be what it was. So I think it's looking up. It'll be great. And I can't wait to play a show at the Pony. Mm -hmm. That'll be the day. The Pony. Yeah.
1: Now you mentioned that coming down to Richmond brought back a light, you know, that you were missing in Harrisonburg. What do you get when you play music? Do you like seeing the audience's reaction? Do you just enjoy performing? Do you like focusing more on you and your bandmates?
0: The thing that makes me the happiest is playing with Taylor. He plays at some of my gigs and we're playing our songs. We're locked in. We're looking at each other. The crowd is kind of just like separated in my mind for some reason, you know, because we're so locked in together. But when I play a gig by myself and it's just an acoustic act, only me, all I have to look at is the crowd. And so that provides that energy that I'm missing without Taylor. And it is important to make sure that the crowd is interacting and all of that. But when you're playing with bandmates, we're on this stage, we're here, we're now. Yeah, I think that it's just different. There's a difference, but, but they're both beautiful in their own way.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I would say that's, yeah, I would say that's incredibly fair. Who's going to be with you when you're here on Shaka?
0: So Taylor is going to be playing some synth, some keyboard, some background vocals, and I'll be on the acoustic guitar. And then my sister, Katie Mazingo. She did some background vocals on the album, and she's going to come do some harmony singing as well. Great. Um, So it'll be kind of a stripped-down version of the record with a few songs uh, intermingled. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting. It'll be like a three-piece, chill performance that we'll put on. It'll be cool, I'm sure.
1: What has you going to school to be specifically a middle school teacher, and what do you want to teach?
0: There's a lot of teachers in my family. There's a few teachers in my family. My mother is a middle school teacher. I
1: come from a long line of educators. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, (laughs) My grandfather was a professor at JMU. My grandmother taught elementary school. My aunt teaches elementary school. My dad used to teach PE in middle school. So I went to college, and I changed my major twice because I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know (laughs) what I wanted to major in. Just start. (laughs) Yeah, so I didn't want to major in music because... I felt like it would take the freedom out of it for me. So I decided to go with teaching because that's another passion that I have. And I feel like my personality, I would work very well with kids and I have worked very well with kids. And I took a couple of tutoring classes before COVID hit and had a great experience. And that was a turning point for me was when I actually was able to work with the kids face to face. And yeah, that's something that I could absolutely see myself doing. It's not my dream necessarily. My dream is to be a musician. But there's a big part of my heart that would love to be a teacher as well.
1: That is so fascinating. When you were tutoring, what age were they?
0: Sixth graders.
1: Okay, so yeah. so pre-angsty. They were right, still right. they were still little kids. Right. Yeah. And uh-huh. after
0: that experience, I really did enjoy <laughs> the sixth graders. Don't get me wrong, but I'd like to teach seventh or eighth grade history. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could really shed some positivity on some kids going forward, and. That's the biggest thing for me. I don't want to say I could care less about the material, but I just want to have an impact on as many kids, people, whatever as possible. And whether it's through music having an impact or teaching having an impact or both, that's that's what I'm going to do.
1: Do you think they're going to be able to pronounce your name?
0: I hope so. I think so. (laughs) I think... uh, I've heard my mom's students call her Miss Mazingo, so <laughs> you know I might have to write it on the chalkboard or the whiteboard at the first day of school and say it's it's not Monzingo. <laughs> Everybody always says you know Monzingo, Muzingo. So I might I might have to tell them how to pronounce You know, Mr. Mo, but Mr. Mo, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Zingo.
1: And do you want to stay in the Harrisonburg area, or do you feel like you're going to venture out as you, after you graduate?
0: I would like to venture out. At this point, I'm just going with it and seeing what's happening. I bought a house a couple, like, last year, and so I have that in Harrisonburg. So I'm there for a little bit, and we'll see where the road takes me.
1: Some roots for the moment.
0: I've got roots for the moment, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that doesn't mean that I can't move elsewhere because, you know, you can have places all over the place. Of course you can. Yeah. I don't want to stay in one place forever. I want to experience new things, see new places, get new ideas.
1: Do you get down to the James River when you're here in Richmond?
0: I actually haven't been to the James River.
1: Oh, for a man who likes the outside and being near water. Obviously, it's different than the beach, but it's glorious. Yeah, it's amazing. Wonderful. There are calm parts. There are places where people do whitewater rafting. I mean, it's amazing. You
0: ever kayak down there or anything? Uh, Not on the river, no. Okay.
1: It's a little too rough for me. Oh, I bet. (laughs) I like to kayak when it's like glass. (laughs) Mm. I don't like kayaking when the shore doesn't move, and I'm like, I'm not anywhere. Yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> uh,
0: there's a, there's a small lake by my parents' house that I like to kayak in because there's no rapids. In ninth grade, I flipped a kayak in the Shenandoah oh. River and, and uh, my phone was lost forever. So <sighs> after that, rapids aren't really my thing. So, no. you know, maybe I should just chill on the shore.
1: I like a leisurely paddle. Are there any other outdoor activities you like besides basketball and kayaking? Um,
0: absolutely. I enjoy playing almost every sport. I would. pickleball pickleball is great i actually talked to you my, really not. i actually talked to my neighbor yesterday and he's like a semi-professional pickleball player and how old is he he's like 45 or something like that but he was walking on the driveway with his bucket of balls and i was like yo you playing wiffle ball or something <laughs> he's like no i'm playing pickleball i'm like a semi-pro and i was like whoa dude i'll be so pickleball is great i like ping pong a lot even though it's mm. not outside ping pong is one of my favorite sports and hiking is a big mm-hmm. yes for me
1: You've got to spend some time on the James next time you come down. Oh, I
0: will. I will. You have will. to. We Absolutely. have so many
1: amazing trails. Awesome. And, and the James is great. You know, we have these huge rocks in the middle of the river so you can go and pack a lunch and just sit for the day. And you Ooh. can dunk yourself in the river. You know, it might be two or three feet deep. Little places where it's like a little chair Whoa. and the water's rushing past you so you can just hang out all day long. Your rock is your little camp. And then you can wait around a little bit and then come back out. It's, it's wow.
0: great. I need to do that. Yeah. Wow.
1: You'll hear people on drums, maybe a few rocks over, okay. or somebody's got a little radio. It's very dog friendly. Wonderful. Do you guys have pets at the house yet?
0: Not at my house, but at my parents' house. We have a dog. His name's Bama. Um, we're big Alabama fans. Mm. What
1: is it, Roll Tide?
0: Roll Tide. Mm. And uh, <laughs> that's right. I have a lot of family that went there. But his name's Bama. He's really cute. He's nine years old.
1: Oh, baby. He's
0: such a sweet boy. But yeah, he's great. And also, going back to the adrenaline nature stuff, I just thought about it. I love a skateboard and longboard. Mm-hmm. And one time I was dragging Bama in front of me, and he was just pulling me along.
1: Little uh, harness or leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He loves that too. So <laughs>
1: good stuff. It's the only way to travel, right? It is. <laughs> so we'll have three of you when you're here on Shaco. Yep. Uh, sort of pared down, but right. still a full sound. Where can people go for more information?
0: For more information, go to matthewmazingo dot com. Go to Matthew Mazingo on Instagram and. Let's see. What else? Matthew Mazengo on TikTok. Um, what do
1: you post on TikTok?
0: A lot of different things. I, originally, I said, I am not getting TikTok. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be a TikTok boy. I hear it all I mean? the time.
1: What is the resistance? Do people think it's just sort of a juvenile thing or, or get, a fad? Yeah.
0: I think people think that if you're on TikTok and you're making videos, it's like, oh, he's just trying to blow up. He's just trying to... You know, get some clout. He's trying to look cute in front of the camera, stuff like that. Gotcha. But in reality, it's just like every other social media platform that everybody else is doing otherwise. You know, originally there was this weird TikTok vibe of like if you were on TikTok, you were doing dances to a backing track kind of deal. But Mm -hmm. I use TikTok to try to promote my music and the song On the Loose that you played Mm -hmm. before, I posted that. Like a few days before the album came out and I was like, hey, listen to uh, this is a sneak peek of my song on the loose. Comes out on Friday. Love for you to check it out. And that video got like 28,000
1: views. (laughs) So that was cool.
0: That's the most I've gotten. And I gained some followers from it. I gained some Instagram followers from it. I gained some Spotify followers from it. And now the album's at 30,000 streams on Spotify, which is incredible. It's been less than a month since it's been released. You have
1: 7,000 monthly listeners.
0: I guess. I guess I do. You do? I'm looking at it. It's incredible. Before the record dropped, I had like 900 or like 1,000 or something like that. And it's been pretty cool to see. And it just proves that the hard work that me and Taylor put in is, is worth it in the end. Even if there were no streams on the songs, they would mean just as much to me. But it's really cool to see other people's responses and reaction and... People are hyping it up, which is great.
1: It's great that you're getting satisfaction just doing it for yourself, though. That's huge. I should ask that, too. Who are you learning from and where are you gleaning how to market yourself? That is a huge facet of what
0: you do. Right. I was actually talking about this two days ago with my friend Ryan Clark, and it's been strange. Like, this is the first release where I felt anxiety over promoting the record not just putting it out, not just making the music, not just making the cover art, not just posting it, but making a strategy as far as how to get ears on it and that kind of thing. And we were talking about it, and I was like, man, should I be trying to write new material right now? The album came out a month ago. Should I be writing just as much as I'm promoting what I've already put out? Should I be promoting the record more than I'm writing new material. Should I just focus on writing new stuff? And it's very weird. And I actually posted a TikTok about it and I was like, any other artists, can you like talk to me Perfect. about this and like, let me know, what do you focus on more? And obviously it's great to have a balance, but where does that balance fall and how much effort should you be putting mm-hmm. towards different things? And I think it's different for every artist. I think that a lot of strategies include like, making three songs and also making all of the promotional uh, content for that at the same time okay. rather than rushing to get the song out and then not knowing how to promote. And I think I fell somewhere in the middle there. I had a lot of great ideas as far as how to promote and what I wanted to do on TikTok and stuff, and I did a great little campaign before it came out with little snippets of all the songs. But now I'm sitting here a month in, and, you know, I want to do videos for the songs. I want to do merch possibly. And I want to promote this record, but it's like, I've never done this before at this level, at this extent. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to judge. It really is.
1: Well, you started out great just asking for advice and finding a mentor, I think would be huge. You know, you can do what they call, they used to call them informational interviews. Right. And so you're basically saying, Hey, I'm young. I'm new at this give me as much information as you can without me having to pay a consulting fee, basically right? just, you Absolutely. know, what are what are your free tips, tricks and strategies? Yeah. Um, so I'd say find a mentor is the biggest thing, but time management is difficult for everyone. I started a podcast a little over a year ago. It was a lifelong dream and, I was so focused on the sessions themselves and making everyone feel comfortable and then editing the audio file and getting into that. And then it's like, oh, you have to tell people that it's actually here. I had someone write a theme song, someone make a logo, exactly all the creative bits of it where you're expressing yourself. That comes so easy. And then when it comes to, I have to post every week. I have to be a guest on other podcasts so people know about my podcast. Right. You know, which platform is better? Should I post a picture of my dog, even though it has nothing to do with the actual episode because people like dogs. Right, I mean, right. it's, it never goes away. It's always a struggle. People are better at it and you do learn better time management, but people struggle with it all the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like I was saying, I was talking to Ryan Clark about this, who's featured on Oxygen. Him and Taylor are definitely two of my biggest mentors. But yeah, I, I was just talking to him about everything and how I was feeling and the release strategies and all <laughs> of that. And it's a weird space that you're in right after a release, and while you're creating new things, but you still want to keep the same vibe before. It's a fun way to get to know yourself though. Absolutely. It's a fun way to
1: find out what comes easy. What's a challenge where you're going to buckle down because you know, you need to, what you can feel yourself averting. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) And like you said before, the posting the dog thing, he was saying that, that that might be a good thing to do is don't pretend to be this like Bruno Mars, like Harry Styles, stay away from the fans and only post and show this fake-ish version Mm -hmm. of yourself, especially at a small scale. Like, since I'm a small artist, I think my fans would like to see what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis.
1: And get to know you. And
0: get to know who I am, Mm -hmm. in addition to listening to the music. And so I've been trying to do, you know, just some life videos and stuff like that, too.
1: Pictures of you with the dog on the beach saying, just got done writing a couple lines of lyrics, you You know, I think that's what people like to see. People who are creative, more though, people who aren't necessarily creative people or don't have an outlet, they love knowing what that process is like. It's really intriguing to them.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think about it because when I watch videos or posts of that essence as an artist, I think that I look at it differently than somebody who is not an artist, someone who just enjoys music for music. And, uh, yeah, it's it's cool.
1: That's why we're so intrigued with documentaries about things we don't know about because we just see the finished product and we're drawn to it. But we want to know what goes into it.
0: Right. Exactly. If David Ettenberg or whatever his name is for the the Discovery Channel, (laughs) he's probably not sitting on his couch at 2 a.m. watching National Geographic stuff.
1: (laughs) Because he's narrated all of them. he's narrated
0: every single one of them. (laughs) I am watching it because I know nothing about the rainforest. (laughs) And I'd like to uh, learn that stuff, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, there's another great idea, too, uh, besides a mentor, is looking at people's feeds who you are intrigued by and seeing what they're doing. Right. Of course, being yourself, but there is nothing wrong with being inspired by. Absolutely. (laughs) Not one bit.
0: That I have. A lot of my sound and musical ideas, the way I sing certain things, all of that, I think it goes for every artist, has been molded by what you've been inspired by.
1: Not many people are truly original, and I don't mean that in a sense we're all unique. Right. But I remember... I was probably in my early 30s and I just started painting with acrylics with a boyfriend of mine. And I remember saying, you know, but this looks like other things or it doesn't look like anything neat or new. And he just laughed and he said, nobody's original anymore. Like at this point, everybody has a voice and they're unique. But it's very rare that someone's going to come out of the gate with something that nobody's ever seen before. So just do you.
0: Right. (laughs) Do you because what has made you has already been made so just roll with what you've got
1: mm-hmm. share your and, perspective
0: yeah share your perspective there's nothing that you can do that'll be like oh this is something I've never ever ever heard before
1: Very it could rare. be like wow
0: I haven't heard something like this in a while or oh this is a cool take on this or oh this sounds like this but not really mm. and yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's great
1: I mean, we're all one of a kind,
0: but yeah, yeah. absolutely. And (laughs) my song on the loose, a lot of people were commenting on the video saying, oh, this sounds like the weekend, weekend vibes. And I was like, oh, awesome. Actually, I showed the mix to Brandon from Wine and More Paint. And he said, dude, that sounds like the weekend, bro. (laughs) And me and Taylor were like, oh, we didn't even think about that. Like the sounds just came from us. We didn't say, hey, let's go out and make some sounds that sound like the weekend. We said, let's make this song that I wrote. And then it turned out that way.
1: What'd you think of his Super Bowl performance? Who? Weekend.
0: Oh. Incredible. It was incredible. I uh,
1: He was by himself. He that was. is so he was. tough. Yeah. That's really hard. Not even an instrument. Right. That's tough.
0: He's an incredible performer. I loved seeing the whole field crowded up with the suit and tie dudes out there with the with the head. Mask. With mm-hmm. the mask. It was so cool to see. Um, <laughs> I was making cheese dip in the, in the kitchen, and then I heard the first... <laughs> I mean, I heard the first... I forget what the first song was that he was singing. I was like, all right, I got to go over there. Cheese it, dip
1: can wait. Yeah,
0: it was wonderful. It was great. I left it in the microwave for a little while, a little while too long, because I was trying to watch.
1: <laughs> you got three guys in a house. Are you guys healthy eaters? Or are you junk food junkies?
0: Both. It's college years, so... Living lean. Right. My roommate loves ramen and rice. And those kind of things. My other roommate, he doesn't eat too healthy. He likes to get McDonald's and stuff all the time. And I'm like, bro, get some bread and some meat and some cheese. You'll save money. You just make a sandwich. Just make a sandwich. You'll save money. It'll, it's a little bit healthier. Whatever. I try to do the best I can. Obviously, nobody's perfect as far as eating goes. And before I got here, I stopped by Waffle House and got some uh, biscuits and gravy. Yo. So I indulge for sure. But I definitely try to. Stay as healthy as I can.
1: Not too gluttonous. Right, right. Not too gluttonous. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see you perform. Great. This is so exciting. I, I don't exciting. know what impression I had. I, I guess I thought it was going to be a lot more stripped down and acoustic, but hearing these tracks, I love it. Great. They Thank are kick so ass. They're really cool. I appreciate it. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Great. So we will lot. see you soon. We try not to date these, so we don't talk about when you'll be on. Right. But you'll be on soon.
0: I'll be on soon. You'll hear from me very soon. Me, Katie, and Taylor. I'm very excited. It's an honor to be here, by the way. Thank um, you. This is really fun. I've never done a podcast like this before.
1: <laughs> it's just a conversation with headphones. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's a
0: conversation with the headphones. But it feels cool. It feels mm-hmm. really cool. And I'm very excited to perform here. It's where the record was pushed out, and I think it'll come full circle.
1: It'll be nice that you're comfortable in the space, too. That's Absolutely. cool. A lot of our musicians that we have have been here before for one reason or right. another. Very rarely is it new. I love when it's new. I love walking people in Studio A and just seeing the look of awe on their faces.
0: Well, I have not been in Studio A.
1: I'm taking you out there when we walk out.
0: <laughs> I have been here at least a dozen or two dozen times, and I've never been in Studio well, we'll A. we'll take a peek so tonight. All right. Sounds
1: great. <laughs> we can't wait to see you. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap.